About three weeks ago, I preached a sermon here called Deliberate and Intentional. And that is the direction we are moving as a church. To be deliberate and intentional in our life for the gospel, in our pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Deliberate and intentional discipleship. Not adding Jesus to our lives, but losing our lives to Jesus. There's a big difference, brothers and sisters. Deliberately and intentionally taking every breath for Jesus instead of ourselves. Deliberately and intentionally communicating to a world around us, not waiting for someone to communicate to us. You know, there's an entire industry of advertising that is deliberately and intentionally trying to get you to buy all of its products. It puts its pictures everywhere, its music everywhere, on billboards and signs, on radio and in TV. It's deliberately and intentionally trying to reach you. And you have an enemy that is deliberately and intentionally trying to devour you. So how can the church not be deliberate and intentional in what its purpose is in Christ Jesus? And so this morning I want to share with you as leaders, because if we're deliberately and intentionally discipling, following after Jesus Christ, then we've all become leaders. Because you have now been brought into the ministry of discipleship. And as you're being discipled, It is your responsibility to disciple others. It is not an option by following Jesus Christ. As soon as you got saved, you became a leader and a discipler to the nations. No small task. Isn't that something? As soon as you got saved, he said, now go to the nations and teach them all. One person in this place that got saved is responsible to save the world through Jesus Christ. How about that? Do you think God can do that? Yeah, you can't, but He can through you. Most certainly. And every one of us is now in the realm of leadership and ministry. And I am deliberately and intentionally going to speak to you as leaders and teach you how to become disciples yourself so that you will lead your home, lead your marriage, lead your children, lead at work, lead in your neighborhood, lead in fun and in play, and wherever you are, you'll deliberately and intentionally lead people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I want to share with you a continuing message concerning the fivefold ministry, which I call the DNA of Jesus. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. What we saw is that we have unfortunately made those simply offices for other people more highly esteemed than us. But in fact, if this fivefold ministry is to build the body of Christ into the full stature of Jesus, it holds within it the DNA of Jesus, his ministry and his character. And so each one of us is to be developed in that character and knowledge. And we've been looking at how some of you are beginning to realize that I tend to flow towards apostolic, or I tend to flow towards prophetic, or I tend to flow towards pastoral or evangelistic. And it is not necessarily an office in the church, but it is a character trait in Christ that I am able to flow in and develop. And in that, I want to continue to speak to you as ministers in the Lord Jesus Christ for all of us to mature 
in our callings and giftings. And so I want to speak to you this morning about the story of Samson. Now Samson is a fella that's very easy to make fun of because of what he did and how he fell. It seemed quite obvious to all of us, you're heading into a trap after four times, Samson. And after the fifth time, don't you get it yet? I wonder if Samson could say the same thing about us reviewing our lives. And so there's three things I want to share with you. I'd like you to read the story of Samson when you get home today to fill it all in. I'm not going to do that for you, but I'm going to draw principles out of that story. And in the principle of the story, we see three things that is common to every believer and was common to Samson. And so in understanding our own development and growth as believers and as leaders, and I speak to all of you as leaders, you're to lead this world, you're to lead your community, you're to lead your office, business, you're to lead your home, you're to lead your children, your marriage. We're leaders as soon as we get saved. The three things are this. Number one is we are called. Samson had a calling from birth. He was called to be a judge over Israel. It was a divine call and it was purposed by God. Secondly, he was gifted. He was given gifts by God to accomplish his call. And so he was gifted by the Lord. And then third of all, he was responsible for his own actions or his character. Much like us, you've been called by God, called out of the kingdom of darkness and called into his glorious light. You've been called from being a sinner now into being a saint. It was ordained of God that you were called into this kingdom. Secondly, you were given gifts. And thirdly, it is your character that is going to display these gifts and how you will be used in your gift and calling. Let's take a look, first of all, at calling. It's a Greek word that means klesis, and it means a position into the kingdom of God. And you have become God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has already ordained for you to do. Now that's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. So you've been called and you have now become the workmanship of Jesus Christ. Everybody in here has become the workmanship of Jesus Christ to do and this is what the fivefold ministry, ministering into you and developing in you, to do good works. And those works in you are going to lean towards apostolic or evangelistic or pastoral or teacher or a unique blending of those gifts and callings in you to do good works that God has already prepared. When did he prepare these good works for you? A week after you got saved? Hmm, where can I put this guy? What can I use him for? Hmm, eh, I don't know. Uh, Gabriel, you got any place we can put this guy? What do you think? No, these are prepared before the foundation of the earth. You've been called. And what we must understand, and Samson had to carry the burden of, is that he was called from God to be a judge. From the very time he was an infant, he took a Nazarite vow. His mother was to keep him pure as a Nazarite, one who would not cut his hair, not drink wine, and so forth. And this call and the burden of that call was on him. 
Every one of you, brothers and sisters, is called to the kingdom of God. You must carry this call. And it is a burden to carry because you are to be the righteousness of Christ in this earth. Now, we get the idea that we picked Jesus. This is one of the problems with modern Christian evangelicalism. With the problem of us giving people an opportunity to vote for Jesus or not. Now, we don't want to go into extreme predestination. But we do, and we do believe you have a choice. But let's remember, brothers and sisters, God is sovereign, and He is calling you. He found you. He pursued you. And He quickened you by His Spirit to have an ability to respond. And so many of us get this idea that, yeah, I'm in. I picked Jesus. What I do with Him, I'll decide on my own. It's not that way. Just as Samson was born into a calling, you've been born again into a calling. And I want you to know something about that calling. In fact, I was really excited. Rich spoke this verse this morning. He and I didn't collaborate. The Holy Spirit collaborated. And this is what Rich said. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. You didn't elect Jesus. He elected you. He called you. He came to you and opened your eyes to salvation. Now make that calling sure. Samson had to make his calling sure as judge of Israel. He had to learn and grow into that position. He did a lousy job, but there were times he did a great job. It was amazing, and it's kind of like us. For if you do these things, you'll never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We've all been called here, brothers and sisters. It's an awesome calling. It's a great responsibility. You must recognize it. Samson had to recognize it, though he had some character flaws in it. Secondly, he was gifted. How many of you remember what he was gifted with? Strength. Gifted with strength. And the word gift is charisma. And so Samson was given a gift by the Holy Spirit to be strong, to be a warrior, to fight against the Philistines. How could you call someone to a job and not equip them? We've all been called to win the lost to the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of you has been called to win the world to Jesus. Yes, the world to Jesus. And how are we ever going to do that unless we've been gifted supernaturally to do it? God has gifted us and given us the power of His Spirit. Let me read for you 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one... I better read that again. Now to each one, the manifestation or demonstration of the Spirit is given for the common good. Everyone in this place has been given a charisma or a gifting of the Holy Spirit, if not multiple giftings of the Holy Spirit. And when I say that, not only am I talking about the number of gifts written in 1 Corinthians and in Romans, but also in Ephesians, those apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teachers. That's part of the manifestation of the Spirit as well. And as it's been given to the common good, he goes on to say later on, all these are the work of the one and same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Our unique spirit gifting in this body creates a strength for this church to accomplish world evangelism. Starting in your own house, with your own household, 
to the uttermost parts of the world. God's expecting us, brothers and sisters, to win this world to Christ. Now, he would say that to every church, but I'm not sitting in every church. I'm sitting in this church. And so it is our call to be responsible for the gifts he's given us. Samson was gifted with mighty strength. Look at the story. He, he beat off hundreds if not thousands of Philistines with the, with the jawbone of an ass. I mean, wow. What kind of weapon is that? You look at comic books. You look at movies today. This guy is just slaughtering armies of people with a bone. Woo! A lion attacked him. He came up to that lion and said, come on, make my day. He stood, how many of you remember that? Huh? Come on. That lion jumped on him and he just tore that thing apart. He shredded him. Spirit of God would come on him with power. How about us? We are called and we are gifted by God. We have to understand, God gave us enough gifting to change this world. He gave us enough gifting to change our generation. He gave us enough gifting to bring a revival to the city of Detroit. He gave us enough gifting to bring a revival to the state of Michigan. He's given this church enough gifting to change the United States around so that it will come to Christ Jesus. And in fact, His sight is on all nations, all tribes, all tongues to be brought to the knowledge of Christ. Enough gifting of Him in you to accomplish this. Romans 12, 6 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given us, and if a man's gift is prophesying, let him do it in proportion to his faith. Every gift we have, we do in proportion to our faith. Now imagine what Samson could have become if he would have used his strength regularly with determination and specifically to keep the Philistines down. But he had a problem. He had an issue with Philistine men and he had another issue with Philistine women. Uh, so that was a problem for Samson. Now, let me tell you about the two things God's given you. Your calling and your gifting. The Bible says, for God's gifts and calls are irrevocable. They're irrevocable. Why? Because they're His. And He ordained you to have them. Now, if you've been called of the Lord Jesus Christ unto salvation, that is a gift of God. It is not earned and it is not maintained by your ability. It is an election that God gives to you and is sure and He will not revoke it away from you. And Samson tells us that story. And then he gifted you. And the gifts he's given you, he will not strip away. He will not strip them away, brothers and sisters. Many of you have giftings that God has given you and used in you and operated and because of some particular sin or some particular falling away or some particular issue or disappointment or depression, whatever it is, and you think, it's over for me. God can't use me anymore. I'm done. Well, I'm sorry, but that is not the Word of God. If God chose from the foundations of the earth to gift you with His purposeful gifting, it's yours. He's not taking it away. Now, of course, you have the ability never to use it again. But it's not from God. God gave it to you always to use and always to keep. Be restored 
in the giftings that God's given you. Some of you have been disappointed. And some people who call themselves spiritual leaders have tried to revoke it from you. No man can steal your crown, brothers and sisters. God gave it to you. But there's one area of problem in all of this. Character. God can call you. God can gift you. But your character is the thing that uses the gifts. That character, in fact, can cause a problem for the other two gifts. Now, character is what is being formed in you. You're being shaped into the character of Christ. You have to renew your mind. You have to obey all the commands that Jesus has given and develop these character qualities of Christ. Samson's downfall is that his character impeded his gifting and his calling. And it should be the other way around. Your calling and your gifting should influence your character. But what we do is we allow our character to influence our gifting and our calling. God does not operate that way in the kingdom. He saves you first and then develops your character. He wants you secure in Him to know, first of all, God called you and God has gifted you. Now, let your character live out of that calling and live out of that gifting. Amen? Samson's character led him into temptation and to sin. And then what did they do with his gifting? They cut it off. His character uh, of falling for the same sins and same issues created his gifting to be sheared or cut away. The devil wants to cut out your use of the spiritual gifts in your life. Either by depression, either by frustration, either by offense or hurt or bitterness or sin and temptation. The devil doesn't care how. He's just got the clippers. He just wants to cut your gifting. Samson had the gifting upon him through the length of his hair by the Nazarite vow. The devil wanted to clip his head. It's all he was after. His hair. The devil can't... Uh, uh, it's, it's too late for you. You're saved. He can't do anything about that. So the next thing he wants to do is give you a haircut. He wants to cut your gifting so that you won't use it anymore. Then the next thing that, that he went after was his calling. Samson was to be a judge over Israel. Do you know what a judge does? He rules and he leads the people. And so, once his gifting was cut, he could not defend his call, so they plucked out his eyes. They took his eyes out so he could no longer judge and determine what he should do or be. And they put him in the basement of the Philistine jail. Locked up in the basement of the enemy. What they didn't realize was that was their worst mistake. That was their worst mistake. Because this man, despite his gifting shorn, and despite his calling pulled from his eyes to where he could no longer see, all because of his character, they forgot one thing. The gift and callings of the Lord are irrevocable. What God put in this man to do, He would complete it to be done. Aren't you glad we serve a God like that? Some of you are in the belly of the enemy's prison. But it ain't over yet. 
It's not through. Some of you have had your gifts just shaved right off and you feel like you're inept and inadequate. Some of you feel lost from your call and purpose as a Christian and you feel lost in prison only to just grind up the grill uh, uh, of the enemy's grist and mill. But God has put you in his kingdom and he's done it for a reason. He's put, they put him in the pit of despair, but God said, I want you to know my gifts and callings are irrevocable. It says in Hebrews 11, verse 33, and it lists Samson as a hero of faith. Why? He's disgraced. He's been captive. His sin did him in. You can't use a Christian that sinned. Let's pack it up, boys. Let's go home. <laughs> Is that the tale? No. No, look at Hebrews eleven, thirty-three. Who through faith they conquered kingdoms, administrated justice, and gained what was promised. Who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness turned into strength. That last statement, brothers and sisters, is talking about Samson. His story's not done. He was at the end of it, and he thought it was over. But there was a place in the hall of faith waiting for him. God had purposed for him to accomplish his job. He ordained him as an infant. He gifted him all his life. And yes, his character was flawed. It was wrong. But something happened to Samson in the prison of despair. Something happened, and I love this verse in Judges 16. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it was shaved. Come on, somebody say amen. You've all been shaved now and then, haven't you? You've been shorn by the enemy, scorched. I love that verse. Because no matter what the enemy does, my gifting will never be stripped away. It's going to grow back again. It's going to resurge. And it's going to come to life. He said, oh, they cut his hair. But it says this, his head began to grow again after it was shaved. And that's the Spirit of God in him. It goes on in verse 28, and he begins to cry out in repentance. He begins to pray, O God, O Sovereign Lord. He calls on the sovereignty of God. That's essential, brothers and sisters, because he knows in the sovereignty that he was called to be a judge. He wasn't elected. He wasn't voted in. He wasn't picked. It was a sovereign act of God. You're my man. And so he called and he said, Oh God, I know I failed. Oh sovereign Lord, remember me. Please strengthen me just one more time and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. They tried to take my calling away from me. They stripped me of my calling. Won't you let me one last time fulfill my purpose for being? to be a judge that you sovereignly called me. And it says that they took him out to the courtyard because the sovereign will of God had all the Philistine generals, Philistine leaders, Philistine governors, Philistine rulers all came together to celebrate the destruction of Samson. They were going to bring him out in a parade of mockery and all laugh at him. And so everybody came to see it. Oh, now does this sound like a setup to you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And so what they thought was the end of Samson was the resurrection of the power of God. Amen? They pull him out and he says uh, to a young man, put my hand on one pillar. Show me where the pillars are. And they take him out. People are scoffing. His eye sockets hollow. His hair shaved. Uh, and he's in chains. This man who is the judge of Israel. And they, he uh, accommodates him by putting one hand and the other hand on the pillars. And God begins to move in that man. Because the gifts and callings are irrevocable. And by, he, by his prayer, he begins to give himself as a sacrifice unto God for the purpose of Jehovah's name. And he presses under the anointing of God and absolutely destroys the Colosseum by which that place was standing. The structure that came down and killed more Philistines, it said, in that one event than all the time of his history as judge. God's not given up on you and me, brothers and sisters. You see, it says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. God's sovereignty is this, my apostles, my prophets, my evangelists, my pastors, my teachers, friends, my friends, all of you, my brothers, my sisters, you're called. You're chosen. You are gifted. Don't let your character impede that. And if it did, get back up because God is able to complete that which He has begun in you. God is growing you into the full stature of Jesus Christ. Samson's story is our story. And we're going to rise. And the church is going to be triumphant. And the church, brothers and sisters, are the pillars of truth in the earth. And it is our job to topple all other pillars that rise against the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>